0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 36, dedicated to the man they nicknamed the bus, Mr. Jerome Bettis. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to to another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to, to come across this one, Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So I wonder if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to let people know about the podcast earlier this week. There was a young man that plays football down in Shreveport, Louisiana at Glen Oaks High School that decided to end his recruitment early with him being a 2020 recruit. He had some more time to take and to wait to make his commitment. But no, he decided to end his recruitment now and to commit to playing football at LSU. And it was one alarming thing about this young man. It wasn't his stats. It wasn't some crazy hairdo that he had. It was literally his name. His mama mama named this young man the coldest. His name is the coldest Juan Crawford. But this man has a nickname for his middle name. So his nickname goes as to ever do it. And his name goes, as you say it, first middle nickname and last the coldest to ever do it. Crawford and that got me thinking about other unique or odd names in sports. Some of them are going to be in, some of them are in sports. Some people you may, you may know somebody that has an odd name, but that changed your name. Such as, such as Chad Johnson going from Chad Johnson to Chad Cinco to match his name just in a different language. We have Ron Artest, the former uh, professional NBA, professional basketball player, went from Ron Artest to Metal World Peace. If you go back some years old School basketball players, they know a guy named Lloyd Bernard Free, changed his name to World Be Free. Alabama used to have a football player by the name of Hashan trishon Clinton Dix, but that's not how he was named. And when Uncle Vern, as I call him, Vern Lundquist, used to call games for, for the SEC. He did not call the man Hishon. No, you go as never cross the ticker when his name came up to talk about some stats or something he did. It was haha, ha. and literally every time I saw his name, I laughed. His name is haha, ha Clinton Dix. Um, there was Ray, Ray Ray McLeod. I I like the sound of that one. Played for Clemson. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. I like the sound of that one. Running back for Oklahoma State. There's Will Jordan Humphrey. Old wide receiver, former wide receiver at Texas. There was an offensive lineman at Hawaii with the name King James Taylor. His first name was literally King James. Ohio State has a couple guys. One's a linebacker named Tuff Borland. I like the sound of that. There's a guy at Ohio State with the name Steel Chambers. A few years ago, I went to a high school basketball game here in Newcastle, Indiana, the largest high school basketball gym in in the country, sees about 10,000 people, and I believe it was Romeo Langford, um, best high school basketball player to come through Indiana in quite some time. Played one year at, at Indiana as a Indiana Hoosier, and now he's playing for the Boston Celtics. Well, there was a player that was on the opposite team of uh, of Romeo Langford, went to a prep school. This particular player went to a prep school up in Northwest Indiana, La Lemure, where Jaron Jackson Jr. played played uh, high school basketball his senior year, and this his teammate's name was Remy Martin. Okay, his mom would like alcohol, may have been her favorite drink, or maybe it da- may have been his dad's favorite drink, and they said, we're going to name our son Remy Martin to remember our drink. That same exact year, I went to another high school game here locally, saw a guy named Carvasier. I get it. You like the drink. Name your son after your favorite drink. Now imagine if I named my son orange juice or apple juice. You would call me crazy. That's how odd it is that someone named their son after an alcoholic drink. We have people like Milton Bradley, Coco Crisp, God Sham God. Yes, that's an actual name. Wolfgang Wolf, Yinka Dare, Samoa, Samoa. You have Ben Gay, a former uh, football player at Garden City Community College. We all know that from Last Chance you on uh, on Netflix. We have a guy by the name of Dick Butkus, Hall NFL, uh, uh, in a pro football Hall of Famer. Scientific Map, Majestic Map. Those are brothers. Chris, my favorite, one of my favorites here. Chris Famatu Maafala, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Razor Shines, former Montreal Expo. Wonderful, terrific Mons Jr. Played in the MLB and the NFL. Mike King Johnson, Jordan Tutu, Jim Bob Cooter, DeBrickshaw Ferguson. I got a nickname for you. William Refrigerator Perry, six foot three, three hundred and fifty-pound defensive tackle. The 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. Of all things, you think you think they would make sure Walter Payton, uh, one of the best running backs of all time that's in their backfield, will get in the end zone. No, he did not get in the end zone, but the fridge definitely did. Hussein Bolt. And for his last name to be Bolt, it's good that he is fast. My dad told me about a couple guys that he knew or that he had heard of um, when he was when he was teaching, that were named Lamangelo and Orangelo. I hope I said that correctly. It's Lemon Jello and Orange Jello, Orangelo and Lamangelo as odd, very, very, very crazy names. But when it comes to all team names in sports, those are just some guys that may make my list. Um, I had, there are a lot more I could have said. Earthwind Moreland, Have a Look Dube, I mean, Sunny Six Killer. There's a lot of odd names out there in sports, but if I have an all name team, The coldest to ever do it. Crawford is going to be on that team of mine every single time. He might be at the top of the list. I'm not sure. I got to do some more research to see what other odd or unique names there are. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Houston, Texas and actually those locker rooms at Minute Maid Park because the Washington Nationals are in there celebrating their World Series win. As sports fans, there are certain things that are ingrained into our brain. We have been brainwashed, and I have no problem with saying I have been brainwashed when it comes to sports. There are certain games every single year, no matter the sport, that holds a certain amount of weight. Baseball, Cubs, Cardinals, holds a lot of weight. Divisional games hold a lot of weight. Uh, if you go to NFL, Bears, Packers, holds a lot of weight. Years ago, when I was when I was growing up, middle school, high school, even shortly after that. Colts, Patriots, hold a lot of weight. Um, You go to basketball, um, there are certain games hold a lot of weight. Years ago, basketball as well, uh, 2010, 2014, 15, uh, uh, Heat, Pacers, hold a whole lot of weight. Uh, If you go to college football, you have your rivalry games that go on throughout the regular season. Michigan, Ohio State. If you go to uh, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, Oregon, Oregon State. USC Notre Dame, Florida State, Florida, Miami, Florida, Miami florida state you get the picture there are certain games in the regular season that hold a lot of weight if you go to the postseason those those games hold even more weight now colleges is a little bit different uh college basketball is a one and done style tournament 68 teams if you lose one game you are done your season's done go on fishing in college football it's a final four concept if you lose in the college football playoff uh semifinal you're done. Season's over. Forget it. Go by. Go back home. Forget it. You're done. Either go home, go back to school, uh, get ready for the draft. Your season is done. Uh, I think in in professional sports, you have a playoff system. So you have either rounds, baseball, you have the wild card round if you're there. Um, football, it's one and done. If you lose, your season's done. A wild card round for baseball, if you lose, your season's done. Not a divisional round, uh, uh um, aocs yes, world series um those are series um those those are games you have to win um best four out of best four out of seven to win those series um so it holds more weight but in there are something about a game seven that's a little bit more special than the rest i'll be explaining to you if you don't know what i'm talking about if you go a game seven in, in baseball your season's done bruh your season's over Ah, uh, you see, forget it. You're, you're you're going fishing. Yes, you're going ice fishing because it's about to be crazy, stupid cold here in America. If you're in the northern part of the country, now those of you that are down south, maybe uh, Georgia, uh, Texas, Louisiana, um, maybe Arizona, uh, you may get a little bit of snow, but it's not like when we get what those of us that are up here in the northern portion of the country get. Every single year where temperatures dip below freezing when we get snow or sometimes that snow turns into ice. It's not like that. You may go ice fishing. Yeah, if you're up, yeah, I don't suggest ice fishing, but you get the point, it's that time of year. So in baseball, in a game seven, it's a whole lot more special. And in baseball, one wrong pitch one wrong uh, managerial move, Um, one wrong uh, uh, swing at the bat when you shouldn't swing and you do, or you don't swing when you should, it could change the tide of an entire game. And we saw that in this particular game seven we watched last night. Now, yes, the Nationals won. Um, This was actually the sixth World Series in the row where the winner of the World Series clinched the series on the road. On the road, excuse me. That's that's insane. I haven't heard I have heard of things like that. You normally think that you would get more home you know, the the cl- the clincher of the World Series would win the series at home. That's not the way that it is currently. Then also, uh, this World Series with the road team winning every single game. Yes, game one through game seven, the World Se- the the winner of every single game was the road team. That was the first time that had happened in a in a championship series in baseball history in NHL NHL history or in NFL history. Yes, there was a first, there was a first for that. Crazy to think about, hard to comprehend, but it just happened. So in this particular game, I break this down through the first six innings and the last three innings. The first six innings, Zach Granke was locked in. And honestly, you could say he was, he got a little unraveled, but he probably should have stayed in a little bit longer than he did, and then he did in this particular game. The the bottom of the second, Yuli Gurriel hits a home run, gets the Astros up 1-0 in the bottom of the fifth. uh, Correa hit uh, singles to shallow left, Uh, Gurriel scores um uh, and the, the the Astros go up 2-0 you would think okay this is in the bag they have this thing one all they have to do is ride Grinky as long as they can and do I think it was a third or fourth inning throughout this game I tweeted out Grinky is that dude tonight it was no questions asked John Smokes Joe Buck had made it very, very clear throughout the broadcast. They were sensing something special through Grinky that he was so locked in. There was a There was a time to the fourth inning that Grinke, uh caused the batter. I forget who. I forget who the batter was at this time. But he caused the batter to just hit the ball right back to the pitcher. The first time he got it. The second time it was a uh, uh, whoever the batter was hit the ball off the ground, popped up. Grinky had a uh, make a good stop, very good stop. Um, threw the ball to first. The next. Pitcher next better did what? He struck out. Greinke was that what was locked in? I believe through five or six innings, he had a one. I know it's through five, maybe through six. He had a one-hit shutout going through that going through that period. The seventh inning comes around. Rendon hits a home run, kind of a quick, uh quick shot left the field kind of quickly to left, uh, three hundred seventy four, uh, three hundred seventy four feet to one. Okay, cool. Greinke's still on the mound. Rendon hits a home run for the Nationals. The Nationals cut the lead in half. What happens next? Well, Grinke home run. Uh, Greinke uh, gave up a home run. Granky walks a batter. They take him out. In my mind, while I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, what are you doing? He is the only reason you're winning. You're in this game right now, or you're winning this game. His pitching alone is what's keeping you here, is what's keeping the fans as excited because your pitcher is controlling everything when he's on the mound. One hiccup, one wrongdoing, giving up a home run and a walk. I get it, man. I get it. But I am not giving him up right now. But the manager saw something, had another plan in mind. The manager takes him out of the game, 80 pitches. I, me personally. I'm letting him get you through the seventh inning and taking him out so you can figure out if you want to put Garrett Cole in or someone else in the eighth and the ninth. You can figure that out all, all by yourself. But no, the manager takes him out, benches him 80, with 80 through 80 pitches, and the rest is basically history. The Nationals go on. Uh, Kendrick hits a home run to right field It hits the foul pole um, in the eighth inning. Um the uh, Nationals score again uh, via uh, Soto hits a single to right. Eaton scores. They go up 4-2 in the ninth. They they score two more runs, 6-2, game over. Astros can't do anything. And it's, honestly, to me, it's all because they took Zach Grange out. If they, if the manager, if, if, if the pitching staff, the pitching coach would have gone back and said, hey, let's look at, let's, let's think back to how he was looking, what, how his mind was, early in the game. The look we saw in his eye early in the game, the way he was pitching early in the game, the way that he was in complete command Early in the game. I get it. It's a sixth inning. No, excuse me. It's a seventh inning at this time. I get it. he gave a homer and a walk. But do we think that we should take him out? If they thought had this conversation in their head uh, before taking him out, they may have said, no, we're going to keep him in the game. We're going to keep him here. Uh, this is what I want to do. But no, they take him out. And that's literally why I break this game into the first six innings and innings seven, eight, and nine, two thirds and one third. You did great the first two thirds. You can you 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 can do very very well. You can start off good, but starting good ain't it, man? You gotta finish games, and <laughs> we talk about that all the time in sports. So many people can't finish games there was no point throughout this game where my where me or anyone that i saw throughout the uh on tv where they closed their eyes or uh, where they didn't want to watch all what's going on no it's a game seven you're in you're locked in you're loaded even when grinky comes out i'm sure there are numerous astros fans that are saying okay cool we still got this we got people our, we got people in our bullpen that could come out here and fix this thing really really quick that's not what happened while I'm watching this game not the end of it I'm watching the Nationals uh, celebrate this this World Series win and the tremendous season that they had even they, when they ended up starting they started the season 19 and 31 got off to a horrendous start end of the season 93 and 69 um, in the in the NLCS they ended up what happened they swept the Cardinals and I' think okay cool we got this in the bag we've had adversity we've had our back against the wall we didn't start we didn't start well early on. Got through the wild card round, got through the, uh, beat the Dodgers in the divisional round, swept the Cardinals, and man, this is ours to lose. We got this. We got this. This is ours to win. We got this. This is what we've been waiting for. And every obstacle that came their way this season, they found a way to overcome it. Even before the season, they had to replace Bryce Harper. And I am wondering what that young man is thinking. At the time, it was great. Ooh, I got my contract. $330 million. Hoo-wee! But man, go from $330 million. What's, what, what do you want? To win the championship? To win a World Series? Or to get a payday? A lot of people, a lot of people will say, man, I want that payday. I want that check. I want to go into my bank account and see more, more um, that money coming in, more money coming in all the time. But if I'm Bryce Harper, if I'm looking, if I'm thinking, I've seen get people tweet about it, make gifs or gifs, or whatever you want to pronounce that thing. I've seen so much talk about it. Zach, uh, I'm going to say Zach Granke Grin- Zach again. Bryce Harper, man, I, can, I can picture him sitting back at home watching this game, literally thinking. First six innings, man. I know this team can do, but the Astros are just too good. They're too good for this one. They're too good. They're, they're a well-oiled machine, man. They're too good for this one. And then as a tie turns to take Grinke out, they see they, they see a uh, they see the score go up, and Nationals got the lead. The Nationals got the lead, and then Nationals go up six-two and win the game. He's like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. I should be here, man. I should be here. I should be the one right here. I should be the one. I should be with them. I should be with them in the clubhouse celebrating. I should be them. Nah, bro. Nah, he probably mad, pouting, crying, doing whatever the kid. Nah, you, you get it. I'm not trying to say he's like physically crying. But man, it wouldn't be nice to have Bryce Harper on this team and have them winning a World Series with him. But that's the price you pay, young man. When you want that payday over sticking with the team that you have been with for so long. To the Nationals, congratulations. You got a World Series, you got a World Series win to the Astros. Man, I thought you had this one. Something tells me that Mark Emmert, the board of governors, the NCAA, did not expect their backup to be up against the wall like it is right now. Now they kind of feel like the athletes that they, that fall under the NCAA umbrella. Well, you know those wrestling athletes and football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, tennis, track and field, cross country. Whatever the case may be, we all know those athletes that fall under that umbrella that compete every single day throughout the season that work work out numerous hours that put their bodies through uh, strenuous training and uh, push their bodies to the to the limits so that they can win a trophy at the end of the season or win a medal maybe at the end of a race. That you know you know what I'm talking about when they push when they do those crazy feats or those crazy acts that we watch on TV when our eyes get big or that we cheer or we decide to tweet out about something that we see um, either for the better or for the worse. Oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the same way that Mark Amarillo's Board of Governors, I guarantee that's how they feel right now, or that that was how they felt uh, earlier this week when they had to discuss this name, image, and likeness thing. Um, because basically, if they didn't discuss it now, they were going to lose states, possibly, um, from the NCAA umbrella, which is what? Losing money, which is what? Uh, losing credibility because you're not catching with the times. So the states will make their own uh, rules about paying players for via name, image, and likeness. So with Mark Emmert's back, the Board of Governors back is up against the wall. What did they do? Well, I kind of hinted at it uh, uh, earlier um, this week, a couple days ago on Tuesday, the NCAA voted, let me say this properly, unanimously the Board of Governors voted unanimously to start the process of modifying its rule to allow athletes to profit from their names, images, and likenesses, quote, in a manner consistent with the collegiate model, end quote. And a couple days ago, well, shortly after this release came out, Richard Burr, a senator in North Carolina, has this to say about this particular rule. If college athletes are going to are going to make money off their likenesses while in school their scholarships should be treated like income i don't think so if it's if if them getting paid off a sponsorship is going to change that then that's a bad idea it should have been taxed the entire time it hasn't been You don't tax academic scholarships, so why tax those athletic scholarships? He goes on to say, I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to cash in to income taxes. Sir, maybe you didn't realize those athletes in North Carolina, the state that you're representing, those athletes in North Carolina that decide to, as you call it, cash in that decide to get a sponsorship doesn't matter if it's a d1 school d2 school d3 school doesn't matter the division those that decide to cash in and those that decide to make some money off of just being a human being they're going to be taxed off that money no matter what yes at the end of the year in tax season that following january they're going to get a check uh that's going to be uh basically you owe that you owe uh someone this money you got to pay it They're going to be taxed no matter what. You cannot separate athletic scholarships um, and academic scholarships. They're going to be the same. The money is the same. So if you're going to say a scholarship is a scholarship, we're not going to tax one. We're not going to tax the other. That would be unfair. That's not right. If you're going to say we're going to tax one piece, one group that has an athletic scholarship and not tax the other that's not right that's not fair that's also stupid scholarships don't shouldn't be taxed but um, it's, it's money that's given to someone to um, to go to school for free that's it that's it they're providing a service to the school and 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 in turn, the school is providing money for them. Now, the NCAA has also kind of kind of come around to the times, but not all, not quite got there. They have implemented the cost of attendance stipend that they have imp- implemented. I think 2014 to 2015. And they have also guaranteed scholarships. There was a time that scholarships were a year by year basis, not um as long as you were at the school. So there were number numerous athletes at the end of the season like, man, I'm not going to have a scholarship. Is mom going to have to pay for school uh his daddy gonna have to get a second job um, there were these are thoughts going through college athletes heads and now they're able to make money off of just merely being a human being if you go back a few years i think it's been a couple years now uh there was a swimmer uh that had a youtube channel that the ncaa told him to shut down because well didn't fall under the collegiate guidelines i'm thinking what are you guys doing man he's simply in his dorm room making a making a video. And they're like, oh, wait, no, we don't like this. It doesn't fall under our guidelines, so we're going to make you stop it. That's dumb. But the one thing I like about this, and I was thinking about this, a lot of people talked about how um, colleges, college athletes, they can make money um, from these card lots or banks, credit unions, whatever the case may be, locally, where there's a college college town uh, here locally at Bloomington, Indiana, where uh, Indiana University is. Um, There are different towns that are just merely – College towns. You go down to, to go down south where there aren't many football, professional football teams. It's all, about, it's all about college. It's all about the colleges. So these colleges are kind of, they're not just bringing in um, um, fans and boosting restaurants and boosting hotels, but there's other stuff around there that, that the universities, uh, that the bu- businesses are using the universities to somewhat thrive and to help uh, push revenue and push your bus- business to to more heights. So if you have a local, mm, local small bank if you have a high school or if you have a student that wants to be trained or if there's an organization that's training athletes for the next level and there's a college athlete in that area that's work, that's under the guidelines of the NCAA and the NCAA is allowing this player to do what? Make money for just being himself. That player in his free time can't collect a check for doing what? Providing a service for someone else and merely being a human being. It's kind of sad. It's kind of crazy that the NCAA, it took them this long to come around to realize that this is what should be done. I mean, seriously, it should be done. I'm not saying pay these athletes like employees. I'm not saying that at all. Um, The scholarship that they're being provided, um, free room, free board, uh, free schooling, that's a lot of money in and of itself. The NCAA giving these kids checks every month already via their cost of attendance stipend. That's a lot of money already. A lot of people don't talk about that, and I'm not sure a lot of people know about that. We hear a lot of these players talk about how they don't have any money at the what? The end of the month. They get the check, and what happens? They're young, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, so they don't know how to spend the money. So what do they do with the money? They spend it. They go get food. They go get clothes. They go get shoes. Uh, if they have a, if they have a, uh, see if they have a girlfriend or, uh, maybe if they're married. You know, we'll, we'll, I know, I Will, know, Will Greer was married when he was in college. Um, they they buy something for them. So there's more stuff that goes along with that. Also, one thing that I love about this particular move by the NCAA, we may get NCAA football back. NCAA football 14 was the last game that EA Sports made right before the Edo Bannon case. And they actually had to shut that game down. I myself still have the game. I'm on my second copy of the game. I am the weirdo that goes to Amazon when my game dies to go buy another one because I love that game so much. I actually play NCAA football more than I play NBA 2K and more than I play Madden because that game is that special to me. And this is what the CEO of of Electro- Electronic Arts at Andrew Wilson had to say about bringing the game back: "Quote, our position is we would love to build a game. If there's a world where the folks who govern these things are able to solve, are able to solve solve for how to pay players for their use of their name and likenesses and stats and data, we would jump at the opportunity to build a game in a heartbeat." End quote. That's a phenomenal move. That's a great move. I have heard numerous talks about that. And I surely hope this game come, comes back sooner than we think Sooner, very, very soon. I hope the NCAA with their target date of July, 2021, I hope that gets pushed back up to next year, July of 2020. Why? Because I want that game now. I want that newer game now, the new updates, the new playbooks, um, the new players. I want all of that now, the new coaches. I want everything now. Why? Because that game is that good. And I am thirsty for that game to come back out before we get out of here I'm want to go go through over our, our picks fairly fairly quickly uh, last week in college football I went two and two um, 25 and 12 overall in the season last week I had my first undefeated uh, week, week no matter if it's college football or the NFL where I got every game correctly I went four and0 brings my season total to 21 and 12 overall in NFL games I got four college games for you and then also four. Uh, for NFL games for you as well on Thursday night, I have Baylor over West Virginia. I know Baylor's undefeated. I know that, um, we have had three consecutive weeks of having an undefeated team lose, um, uh, with, via a double when they're double digit, uh, may have been 20 point favorites as well. I don't think this is going to be that week. If Baylor, that this is going to be the team Baylor's going to beat West Virginia on Thursday on Saturday. I have Florida State over Miami, I have Florida over Georgia, and I have Utah over Washington. In the NFL on Thursday night, I have the 49ers moving on and continue their undefeated season, beating the Cardinals. I have the Browns beating the Broncos on Sunday. I have the Patriots over the Ravens on Sunday. And then Monday night, I have the Cowboys over the Giants. Thank you for listening to another episode of the J Stevens podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at dr underscore j twenty five. Once again, that is at dr underscore j a y. The number two and the number five. I forgot to mention this earlier. I recently started an Instagram page where I'll be sit, uh, having different posts, um, having descriptions about what's coming out with the new, with the uh, new episode every single week. You can follow the Instagram page for the show at J Stevens podcast. On Instagram. That is J Stevens Podcast on Instagram. You can send all the emails to J Stevens Pod at GMO.com. Once again, that is J Stevens Pod at GMO.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one be sure to people know about the podcast this has been episode 36 of the james stevens podcast i'll see you next time